That's it, like you're going after them. Come on, pray like an arrow hitting its target. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Like an arrow hitting its intended target. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. We're not beating in the wind. We know who we serve. We know who we're calling on. He said if we draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto us. We're not wishful thinking. We're praying in faith. We're praying in the very thing that pleases him. We're praying in the very thing that attracts him. We're praying in the very thing that keeps his attention and holds his attention. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Victory is yours. Are there any hungry people in this room? Any thirsty folk in this room? Hallelujah. said, get that stuff out of your spirit, get it out of your mind, hone in, focus, no distraction, come on, I want you to bring your mind and your heart and your tongue into the same place, come on, we learn how to pray in tongues, our mouth is in one place, but our mind is in a different place. Come on, I want you to bring your tongue into the same place as your mind's supposed to be. A focus. An intended target. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
so cool. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands together and worship the Lord. Come on, that's a word from the Lord.
Jesus. everyone not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven many will say to me in that day Lord Lord have we not prophesied in your name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me ye that work iniquity. I want to talk to you about the church he never knew. The church he never knew. Father, in the name of Jesus, oh God, let your will be done in Jesus' name. He said, enter into the straight gate. Wide is the gate, broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. 
and many there be which go therein that go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few be there that find it. Beware of false prophets which come unto you with sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or of figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bringeth forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit. You should know them. But not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out devils in your name, done many wonderful works in your name. Then will I profess unto them, I don't know who you are. I never knew who you were. We had no time together. You were too busy for me to know you. I never knew you. Depart from me. I know what works you have done, but you didn't do it for me. You did it for iniquity. One of the most challenging scriptures in the Bible. I do not like to use the word fear. But if there's a scripture that I reference and refer back to on a regular basis that causes me to examine myself, and even if I have come to a particular place in my relationship with God or in my walk with God or in my ministry, There's always this scripture that rests within the back of my mind that it is possible to be known of the devil. The Bible declares that there was a man that had a devil and there was one that said, I adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul and Peter preached. And the spirit spoke out of this man and said, Paul, I know. Peter, I know. Jesus, I know. 
but who are you? This man had no authority given to him from God to confront the spirit that was in this other individual. He was zealous. He had a desire. But when you have no spirit, you don't have the authority to cast out the spirit. You have to understand that Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out a devil, he said, know that the kingdom has come unto you. The devil does not respond to someone that is in their flesh. The devil only vacates when another kingdom greater than his comes to conquer that kingdom. The Bible makes the statement, it says a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. But if you're ever going to get rid of that kingdom, you've got to first bind the strong man. If you bind the strong man, you will spoil the rest of his goods. Jesus made a statement. He said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. If a person casts out a devil, it would only be by the power of the Holy Ghost or by the authority of the kingdom of God. But it's impossible to operate in kingdom authority if you have not been born in the kingdom that gives you that authority. You can't cast the devil out and you ain't talked in tongues. You can't cast the devil out if you have not been filled with the Spirit of God. But it is possible that at that point, the enemy can recognize who you are because of what is on the inside of you. He knew Paul because of Jesus Christ. He knew Peter because of Jesus Christ. The spirit that was in this gentleman knew who these leaders were because of the spirit that were on the inside of these leaders that he mentioned. But just because a devil knows who you are doesn't mean that at that point God knows who you are. The Bible makes the statement, he said, not everyone that comes unto me saying, Lord, Lord, is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus has spoken to his 12 and the others. After he has finished his statement, they said he is one that speaks as though he has authority unlike the scribes. The challenge is today that we have too many people speaking like scribes and not many speaking like Jesus. And the scribes have tickled your ears and convinced you that they're speaking on the behalf of Jesus, but anyone that speaks on the behalf of Jesus will speak with some level of authority. 
the scribes were religious individuals. They understood somewhat of the law. They could recite the law, but they had little understanding of the law. Because if they would have known who Jesus was, or if they would have known the law, they would have known who Jesus was. But there's something about someone that gets caught up in the formality of religious tradition and routine that makes it highly impossible for them to recognize when the living word comes and stands right in front of them. The Bible makes the statement, Jesus tells them, he said, enter into the straight gate. God will never judge a person if he has not given them the remedy to come out of the condition that they're in. He's not going to control your life. He's not going to make us serve him. But he will give us the opportunity to choose whom we're going to serve. He said, choose ye this day whom you will serve. He said, I present before you good and evil. You make the choice. You make the decision. Life or death. Whatever you choose, that will be your portion. But he says, I desire for you to choose life. Come to tell you that God won't put something in front of you and will not assist you in what matter it is or what decision it is that must be made to make him happy. He will never put a position in front of you or a choice in front of you and tell you that he is not going to help you in making that choice. But can I tell you, he tells them, he says, enter into the straight gate. You would think that many people would identify that. And in their mind, they will say, all right, God is speaking. He has given me instruction. He says, enter into the straight gate. Somebody say, check. I've got to check that off. Because if I'm going to follow him, it is going to be by my ability to take heed to what he is speaking to me from his word. Too many people have spoken and have convinced you that you can follow Jesus outside of his word. Too many people have convinced you that you can live any kind of way outside of God's word. That just because you believe God or you believe in God, that you believe God. But can I tell you, it's impossible. It is possible for a person to believe God or believe in God, but not believe God. Your belief of God will not save you, but your belief in God will save you. For the Bible declares that the devils believe. And they tremble. 
Belief will make you make a decision. Belief will make you make a commitment. Belief will bring you to a point where not only do I believe in you, but I trust in you. See, if I have belief, I've got to have belief somewhere. You know, it's like me going to the pop machine and getting me something to drink. If I decide I want to make that transaction, I can't make the transaction just because I've got the quarter sitting in my hand. I've got to get the quarter in the machine to make the transaction. I've got to make an investment in it in order to pull something out of it. It's impossible to say, I believe in God, but I don't put anything into God. you got to get your belief of God out of the out of the equation and get your belief in God. That's where you make the transaction. That's where you make the commitment. That's where you make a decision. Because many people believe God, believe God. They believe in God or they believe there is a God. But they don't believe God. I believe that he exists. I believe the existence of God. But I don't believe in him. Because if you can take anything that is in this world and subtract it from your life, honey, at that moment, you don't believe God. You can't tell me you believe God and do contrary to what God said do. You can't tell me you believe God and do contrary to what God said do. If you believe God, you will obey God. What do you mean? Just because you believe there is a God does not believe does not mean that you believe God. We'll say it that way. He says, enter into the straight gate. That means that if I believe God, I trust in Him. I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to honor what he says. And if I truly believe God with all of my heart, I'm going to submit myself to him. Just because you believe there's a God with all of your heart doesn't mean that you believe God with all of your heart. Because if you believe God with all of your heart, you will surrender to God with all of your heart. Because a true belief, a true believer will deny themselves. A true believer will begin to say, you know what? I'm going to do exactly what God tells me to do. I don't trust myself. I trust God. He said, enter into the straight gate. Why? For wide is the gate. So what do you mean? If you're telling me to enter into the straight gate, then there must be another gate somewhere else. And there must be something in every individual that you must wake up and know every day that there are two options. There are two gates. 
in this world, there are two gates, and they lead to two different pathways. And it doesn't matter who's on that pathway that you love. It doesn't matter who's on that pathway that you know. It doesn't matter who on that pathway you trust. You better check the pathway and check the gate that you're walking down. God says, enter into the straight gate. You don't just go down gates to maintain company. Are you the gate that you're in right now? Are you in that gate for fellowship with friends? Are you in that gate for fellowship with God? Do you swap gates? Do you flip-flop on what gate you're going to go down based upon the things that are going down in your life? Are you focused in that gate because you have a desire to have a final destination somewhere? Are you going down the gate because that's where Jesus is? I want to go through the straight gate. Why? Because for wide is the gate. That means that there's a straight gate, there's a narrow gate, but there's a wide gate. And the Lord references the straight gate and references the wide gate because he wants you to know you can miss it. If you don't identify where the straight gate is, because the wide gate won't bring you to the straight gate. But the wide gate will separate you as far as possible from the straight gate. And you can live the rest of your life. Thinking that you're living the straight and narrow path in a wide gate. Baptize in Jesus' name, but live on Broadway. Talk in tongues when the Holy Ghost came, but live on Broadway. You shout, dance, and worship. Speak with new tongues, but live on Broadway. You, you never cut your hair. You've never trimmed your hair. You've never clipped your fingernails. Live on Broadway. You don't go to the bar. You never smoked cigarettes before. You never cussed. You never done drugs. The person you with is a person you've been with all your life. But Broadway. Because it takes more than just clean living to find the straight gate. It takes more than just purity to find the straight gate. Straight gate is full of people who have the right focus. Straight gate is where you find people who are after God and nothing else. And they're willing to forsake all. To find the one that matters. He says, stay at, he said, for wide is a gate and broad is a way that leads to destruction. Many there be that, that many there be which go in thereat. 
what we need to pray about is say, Lord, help me not to be a sheep follower. See? You can be a shepherd follower or you can be a sheep follower. We kind of just follow the, the shepherd follower. They, they're familiar with the voice of the shepherd. Everything, their life is surrounded by the voice of that shepherd. If the shepherd, the chief shepherd, the bishop of our souls, Jesus, he said, my sheep hear my voice and another one they will not follow. When the shepherd speaks, everyone follows. Everyone follows the voice of their shepherd. Everyone follows the voice of their shepherd. Jesus said, my sheep. He didn't always say my church, but my sheep. Listen, just because you're in his church doesn't mean that you're in his flock. He said, my sheep hear my voice. And another one, they will not follow. Well, Broadway has a huge following. Broadway has a God that is broad. It's a Broadway God. It's a Hollywood God. It's a showcase God. It's a Broadway God. A God that submits himself to whatever you believe and rejects himself even when he says it. That because he loves you, he overrides what he says because of his love for you. But the Bible declares that God exalts his own word even above his own name. See, on straight gate, straight gate folks say he exalts his word above his own name. I'm going to obey his word above everything. But in Broadway, even though it's not in the word, I'll still do it in Jesus' name. Even though it's not biblical, I'll say it in Jesus' name. Even though it's not Bible, I'll preach it in Jesus' name. Even though it's not biblical, I'll do it. I'll go there. I'll give my all to it in Jesus' name. But in the spirit, the name of Jesus doesn't trump everything. But in the spirit, the word of God does. He exalts the word above his own name. The word is what governs everything he does in Jesus' name. He says, Broadway leads unto destruction. And he says, many people find themselves there. Many people go there. Why? 
Because straight is the gate. What do you mean, Jesus? Many people are going down Broadway not because of the devil. Not because of the opportunities. Not because of fallen angels. Many people go down Broadway because they have a conflict with the straight gate. See, they're not offended with the devil. They're offended with the straight gate. What do you mean? They want their liberty. They want their opportunities. They want their choices. I don't want your word. I want my way. See, on straight gate, there's no room but for Jesus' way. But on Broadway, you can have it your way. It's not the way where Jesus is the king, but it's the way where Burger is the king. Have it. Have it your way. So what the devil does, because he can't stop the church on straight gate, he builds a church on Broadway. You know them little Hollywood churches you like? Those little Hollywood sermons you like? They, they won't save you. They will only entertain you while you die on the Broadway. But... He says, I'm not only going to just build a church on Broadway, but I'm going to build a bunch of them. A whole lot of kind of churches. All kind of flavors. All kind of choices. All kind of options. Ain't no room for other options on straight gate. But you can have it any kind of way you want it on Broadway. And I'll sprinkle them with a little bit of truth here and a little bit of truth there and a whole lot of lies here and a whole lot of deception there and a whole lot of confusion here and a whole lot of confusion there. And not only will I do that, but I'll get so many options going that they'll start fighting one another. And while they're fighting one another about the lies that each other believe, they'll still not recognize that they're still in the same boat. Because you got straight gate over here and you got Broadway over here. The only way you're going to find the straight gate while you're walking on Broadway is if God begins to speak to your ears and there's something on the inside of you that says, what is that, God? So what does the enemy do? He puts, he says, I'm going to take you off of, I don't want you going down the straight gate. Because see, on the straight gate, you can't shack up with somebody that ain't your husband. On, on, on straight gate, 
you, you ain't making out with somebody at the church that ain't your wife. You say, well, preacher, we, we engaged to get married. The Bible says it's not good for a man to touch a woman. See, see, the thing is, some of you are going to die on Broadway because your preacher won't preach it. Can, can I talk to somebody in this room or, or somebody that's watching in radio? Land? You better make sure your preacher is a straight gate preacher and not a Broadway preacher. Because a straight gate preacher will preach what he says, but a Broadway preacher, he'll preach what they say. What can I do as a pastor to make life easier for you? If God says the sheep, if God says sheep are, he chooses sheep to identify humanity. He doesn't choose the lion. He doesn't choose the monkey. He doesn't choose the gorilla. He chooses sheep. When was the last time you saw, you know, I was somewhere not long ago, within the past week, I've been a lot of places this week. A whole lot. Seriously, I was on the West Coast. You was like, Brother Hurt, you was, I, I, I was on the West Coast too. I don't know where I've been, but I was somewhere. <laughs> East or West, hither and thither, somewhere. And I saw sheep running up someone's hill. I was like, oh, those are sheep. Look at the little sheep. I just kept on driving. But I never saw a shepherd go to the sheep and say, hey, little buddies, come here, come here, little buddies. What can I do to make life easier for you? Bad. Broadway allows sheep to think more highly of themselves than what they should think. But also, you got different flavors. can make you think more lower of yourself than what you should. But you've got all kinds of flavors on Broadway. That's what makes the way broad. Because if you brought in the way, you brought in the conviction. Or if you brought in the way, you lighten the conviction. But if you straighten that gate, you feel this thing. And can I tell you, you never want to walk down a pathway that you can't feel God on. What do you mean? Uh, you gotta understand. Don't tell me you feel in God uh, and you can shack up and fornicate. Don't tell me you feel in God. I, I'm not talking about. 
I'm talking about praise the Lord. I'm talking about the kind of God that when you violate the scripture, there's a conviction of the Holy Ghost that rises up in you and say, you know what? I made the wrong decision, but I won't do that no more. Why? Because I got something on the inside of me that just won't. See, Broadway, you can cuss somebody out and still feel liberty. Broadway, you can hold stuff in your heart and still feel liberty. Shout on Sunday and cuss on Monday. A perverted form of the grace of God. Broadway, you continue in sin that grace may abound. But on straight gate, it's forbidden. Because there's no room for sin. There's room for grace to come out of sin. It's not room to continue in sin. It's room to come out of sin. See, you got to understand Straight gate has a narrow pathway. That means the way you start is not the way you finish. The closer you get to the end of the gate, the more narrow the pathway gets. That's why I can't continue in sin that grace may abound. Because the closer I get to the end of the gate, the more narrow the pathway gets. If you are worse than you were before you got the Holy Ghost. You on narrow way. Before my amen quarter. The enemy's like, I need something that's on straight gate. Over here in the narrow way. I mean, in in the broad way. I need you to bring some of what they got. So that we'll make it big enough that we will just create this smoke screen. Because see, Broadway is not walking by what they hear. Broadway is manipulated by what they see. some truth over here. Matter of fact, we even got room for the Holy Ghost on Broadway. We got room for apostolic preaching on Broadway. We got room for power and demonstration on Broadway. We'll baptize you in the name. You ain't got to go to straight gate to get baptized right. We got a Jesus name church right here on Broadway. Apostolic indoctrine 
but demonic in pathway. Can preach you into the kingdom of God, but can't walk you down the right pathway. Can I tell you that just because you get baptized in the right kingdom doesn't mean you're walking down the right pathway. You've got to understand, if you're going to walk down the right pathway, you've got to find that straight gate. Because anything outside of the straight gate, he says it's destruction. See, the condition of the, the issue is, is that many people don't see the destruction that comes until after the departure. If you could hear the souls of many people that you went to church with that died on Broadway, and you could hear the destruction of their soul in eternity, many of you would change pathways. But some destruction doesn't happen until after you transition from life to death. But Broadway, Brother Hurd, I just, I just believe God. Okay. Who is God? Well, the Bible declares, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. It's impossible to say you believe God and reject his word. Some of you are like, amen, but, but you got to understand. He said that if you hate your brother, if you won't take care of your family, if you sow discord, you're just as much in violation as a person practicing witchcraft on Broadway. They got great preachers on Broadway. They understand things about their scripture in a way that's beyond some of your abilities even comprehend. But intellect is not the fruit of the right pathway. Since many there be which go in there at. Why? Because straight is a gate. It's too straight for me. It will not accommodate what I want. So you got your girlfriend that lives over there on Broadway. Brother, you don't have to do all of that. It don't take all of that. Come on over here to my church. My church, we be having church over here. Where your church at? 34th and Broadway. It's the new side of town. 
It's expanding. Me and my family, we got better schools on Broadway. We got a better house on Broadway. My whole life changed when I moved on Broadway. But you'll die like a fool if you'll stay on Broadway. Broadway is full of deception. Straight gate is full of truth. Then once you find it, you're like, I'm not coming out of this thing. I'm not leaving this place. I'm not moving from this position. Because on Broadway, you can be here for any motive that you want, and it's fine. You know how people say, you live your truth. Your truth is not truth. It's a lie. Jesus said, I am the way, and I am the truth. If it's your truth, it's your lie. Your truth got you bound. Your truth got you on a thousand mental anxiety medications. Your truth got you full of devils. Your truth got you schizophrenic. God's truth will make you free. You know it, it'll make you free. You know your garbage, it keeps you masked up and more bound. You say, Brother Hurt. He said, I want you to enter into the straight gate. Because Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads unto life. And few be there that find it. So you say, ask and it shall be given. Seeking you shall find, knocking it shall be open. See, he said, if you, you search, if you search for me with all of your heart, you will find me. Straight gate is going to require commitment to say, I'm not going to stop until I reach him. But Broadway says, I'm going to try. But if I don't, then I've got other things I can do to, you know, pass time while I'm here on Broadway. This is where the purity of heart, the Bible says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. There are many of us that wrestle with purity of heart because we, we have a problem with being pure in our judgment. We're biased when it comes down to self. 
we can examine everybody else. But man, we can't examine ourselves. The Bible declares that judgment begins in the house of God. That, that, that means that the moment you hear the preached word of God, you have the responsibility to judge yourself. Not, ooh, I just, ooh, I wish my husband was here to hear this word. He needed. You need it. He probably crazy because you crazy. If you apply Corinthians and try to win him with a quiet spirit, somebody hold the mule. Go ahead and shout, brother. You need to let. Hold this mule. You're going to be holding the couch tonight. She go, you're going to say, hold me, baby. She's going to say, hold the couch. Hold the rooftop. No. But say if the shoe fit, wear it. Be <laughs> like, I ain't saying that, man. I ain't saying that. But no. He one of the preachers in here. He knows many of y'all. And some of us in this room, you keep stuff going. And you're like, ooh, I just wish Gertrude was here. To hear this word. She's shown up needed. But you're both in the same pathway. It's like, I remember, I remember a rapist getting mad at a child molester because a child molester molested some kids. Like, they going off on each other, and they both done violated somebody sexually. But because one's a child and the other one's an adult, they esteem one above the other. But they both lead to the same judgment. Can I talk to you in this room? You have to make a choice whether or not you're going to be judged by this world while you're alive or you're going to be judged out of the... I'd rather be judged from this book while I'm living than to get to the other side and my name not be in that book. If you blot out what's in this book, he will blot your name out in that book. 
You don't disregard this book. He will blot you right out of the book of life. You can keep coming to church. But while you're there, what pathway are you on? You know, in every restaurant, you got to, well, they don't have it no more. But back in the day in restaurants, you had the smoking section and the non-smoking section. Well, in every church, you got the smoking section and you got the non-smoking. You got the straight gate and you got the Broadway, and you have the choice to choose what gate you're going to walk down in both churches. Fellowshipping in the same church, same gates, in the name of Jesus, but different directions. That those that are living on Broadway is dependent upon the anointing that is flowing from the straight gate. Straight gate ministry, but Broadway saints. Straight gate preaching, but Broadway lifestyles. Straight gate commitment from people. What do you mean? And every once in a while, you will find where the straight gate overpowers the Broadway. Just because you're in the same church doesn't mean you're in the same way. I've been in the way for years. What way? The narrow way or the broad way? Because of how your attitude stinks, it appears that you are on Broadway. I'll just repent later. Broadway. Narrow way has conviction that's Bible. You mean, Brother Hurd? Don't tell me you got a conviction when it comes down to mustache and beards, but you ain't got no conviction when it comes down to how you have your attitude. We say, don't tell me you have a conviction when it comes down to mustaches and beards, but you have no conviction when it comes down to a stank, nasty, obnoxious attitude. Self-righteous spirit. You say, well, oh, he's talking about my beard. Talking about your attitude. One is man-made, the other one is Bible. One will send you to hell and the other one won't. Let me see you make it to heaven disregarding God's word. Lord, I shaved. I shaved with Gillette. For the past 25 years, I 
you saying, Brother Hurt? Are you in the book? Or are you righteous because of what you do that's not in the book? If it's not in the book and you're faithful to it, but yet you reject everything that's in the book, I promise you, you're not in the way. Because if you offend in one, you offend in them all. You say, brother, you trying to fear me into the straight gate? No. Because fear alone won't keep you there. But I do think you need to be aware of your choices. That if you go to hell, you don't just stumble there. You knew where you were going. You, you know where you're going. But God says, I want you to choose who you're going to serve. I want you to know that I, I don't change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That's what the word says. So he tells them after this, he says, beware of false prophets. For inwardly, he says, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly the ravening wolves. Some of you know more what a false prophet said than you know what the Bible says. So that if he can keep you out of the Bible, he puts a good smelling false prophet on Broadway. Carol, he can break it down. Oh man, I just love how you just how you just broke it all the way down. Like a double bear shotgun. Not only realizing that he's breaking down your sensitivity to the word of God. You're no longer as sensitive because you keep digesting lies. Anything that's going to make you feel like you've got a false sense of liberty. Man has always been trying to do what he wants to do. It's like, Lord, I'll do it. I just need... I need space for me to do what I want. Well, there's no room for that in the straight gate. Straight gate is full of people that have denied themselves and are denying themselves even more. Broadway is full of people. <laughs> they try to find room for self. The workers, they can do the same work, operate in some of the same functions, have some of the same offices, and even help others. Preach, preachers on Broadway preaching people right into the straight gate. But they themselves die on Broadway. They had the right message but the wrong pathway. And the reason why was because 
They didn't want to live a lifestyle. They didn't want to live to pursue God. They, they didn't really want God. They just wanted God to want them. And they just really wanted the things of God, but not necessarily God. Because, see, it's like it's like somebody getting married. You know, there's more to Brother Hurt than the preacher. There's more to these young men out here than, oh, he just, he a musician. There's more to her than big hips and thighs. Some of the attitudes is bigger than their hips. And you can't tell the difference between her mouth and her rear end. You can't tell the difference. But Broadway, you get to ignore everything. He said, beware of false prophets. They come to you with sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're raving in wolves. And their assignment is to deceive you. But you can be a false prophet and not know it. But the devil doesn't need your awareness for you to be valuable to him. You can, he values your ignorance just like he values your awareness. He said, I'll use you if you know it, and I'll use you if you don't. It's like a thief. I'll steal from you if you know it. And I steal from you if you don't. Will you be a willing vessel? This is why you've got to check the spirit and check the fruit. But some of you ignore the fruit because you actually like some of the fruit that's coming off of his tree. So you ignore the fruit. You ignore the fact that he's got ten wives. You ignore the fact that he's doctrinally off. You ignore the fact that he does this and does that. You ignore it because you yourself have things on your tree that shouldn't be. So, so to, to deal with his tree would make you have to deal with your tree so so that you can feel a sense of righteousness. You ignore his tree, and your ignoring of his tree empowers you to ignore your tree. Now, ignorance becomes bliss, and now we can ignorantly die on Broadway and never know Jesus. He said, you shall know them by their fruit. What is fruit? 
joy, righteousness, meekness, kindness, peace, um, gentleness, long-suffering, temperance. These are the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the seed is in the seed itself. If the man has been seeded by Jesus, he will produce the fruit of Jesus. But if he's been seeded by the devil, he will produce the fruit of evil. He said, Brother Hurt. He tells him, says a good tree cannot says you shall know them by the fruit do men gather grapes and thorns or figs or thistles even so every good tree bring forth good fruit but corrupt trees bring forth evil fruit see oftentimes we consider evil to be those things you know those bad things those dirty things, those filthy things. But what happens when the Holy Ghost has a desire, but you're more concerned about your desire than his? You got the Holy Ghost to save you, but not the Holy Ghost to lead you. I don't want you to lead me. I just want you to save me. You got the Holy Ghost on the other side of the law, but you want a relationship and you want to go to heaven like the man that was hanging on the cross. I want grace to save me, but I want to live like the man on the tree or like the man on the cross, the thief on the cross, and then ask for you to save me at the end. What do you mean? That, that means that what I wanted. Because this man wasn't saved under grace. This man was saved under the law. But grace and truth is here. That means if that man would have died, would have had the opportunity to have grace, he would have lived according to the grace of God. But you have the grace of God, and you want to live according to the flesh. See, truth makes no room for excuses. Because excuses make room for lies, and lies make room for the devil. He says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, it takes more than saying, Lord, it takes a desire, it takes a hunger in you to say, I've got to get more of God. David said, as the deer panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. 
blessed, blessed are those that thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Are you thirsty for your will? Are you desperate for his? Are you trying to get God to sell out his will for your desire? Or are you willing to sell out your desires for his will? See, there's a spirit of perversion that is moving in this final hour. And people are perverting and twisting truth and making accommodations in areas that we will be judged in later. The Bible says, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Well, you say, well, preacher, well, well, I, I, I truly, I, I got saved and, and I don't believe that, that, that I can get saved and then be unsaved. I don't believe that I can get the Holy Ghost. I can get baptized. I believe my eternity is secured. These men were born again of water and spirit. They would not have been able to cast out devils if they didn't have the Holy Ghost. These men had the Holy Ghost. They prophesied by the name of Jesus. They cast out devils. And they spoke with new tongues. They did all of these things that come with the Holy Ghost. But in the end, they found out that their eternity was not secure because he never knew them. It doesn't matter who can eulogize your funeral. It matters who can vouch for you. After you die. Doesn't matter who your eulogist is. It matters who your advocate is. And it's like this. Watch. You look like a good attorney. Come here. He's my attorney. He's my advocate. I cannot afford to go into a court of law without legal representation. I am guilty of every crime that's ever been committed. And I need him to represent me according to the law. Because they're not going to try me according to my feelings. They're going to try me according to what's written. Now, there is something in the law that allows room for me to go by, to get by, or to, to be exonerated. But my legal representation must understand the law. It's not what you know, it's what you can prove. But they're going to judge you and they're going to try you according to what's written. When the cross-examinations take place and when the, stand up in the green. You're like a good judgmental prosecutor. Come here. 
You're not a judgy person, are you? You're not critical. Are you? You can work on it. All right, all right. Take it easy on me. She is the prosecutor. She is the accuser. She wants to see me fry. Like bacon. He is my representation. We're standing before the judge, but he has to understand what is written. Now, there's a clause in the law that can give me my deliverance, but he has to know it. She knows it, but she's hoping that he doesn't. It's not going to be whether or not I was guilty that's going to deliver me. It's going to be what's written in the law that's going to deliver me. Well, from the foundation of the world, there was a lamb slain. It is written in the scripture that the, bru- that the head of the serpent is going to bruise the heel of the woman's seed, and the woman's seed is going to bruise the head of that serpent. Well, my representation comes to me. He says, now, George, I need you to follow my instructions. Has anybody ever been accused of something and you didn't do it? Could you imagine being in the court of law here in the United States and you had the right to plead, you know, uh, plead the fifth? And you're actually not guilty, but the attorney says, don't say nothing. I don't want you to say anything. I need you to trust me. Some of us keep missing it because we can't keep our mouth shut. If you're ever going to walk with the Holy Ghost, you got to learn how to shut up. You got to learn how to zip it. You got to learn how to be silent. You got to learn how to have a quiet spirit. You got to learn how to be swift to hear and slow to speak. Because it's not going to be what you say that's going to defend you. It's going to be what the Lord says that's going to defend you. I had an attorney one time tell me, you know, I ain't always been saved, all right? But somebody's like, I was wondering how he knew all this stuff. Like, did he go to law school? Yep. You ever need me to represent you, I've got you. Criminal law. I got you. I'd let you know if your attorney doing his job or not. But the attorney says, all right, I got you out here. I got you a good bond. Don't be doing no hood rat stuff this month. Stay out of trouble. Stay out of the streets. Don't get pulled over. If anything happened, call me. 
You turn around. All right, good looking. Come see me next Tuesday. <laughs> Saturday, I'm in something else. I'm trying to represent you, but you won't listen. And your lack of listening is only building a case against you, and she want to fry you. When you reject the leading of the Holy Ghost, you're only empowering the enemy who is your accuser to overthrow you and destroy you. You are empowering the accusation. You are empowering the accuser when you reject the leading of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost say, don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do this. Don't do that. But the Holy Ghost understands it on Broadway. I remember one time going into the courtroom. And I, the dude cussed the judge out, just went off, and it was like, it was our turns next. People used to get beat up for making the judge mad on the court days. Because then the judge get mad. You're like, I'm just 50 years. <laughs> and next thing you know, people start getting nervous. They're like, man, what you do? And he get whooped. And next thing you know, everybody starts, that goes into that courtroom, ends up getting books thrown at them. If you follow the attorney, he will lead you away from Broadway to the straight gate. Because what his defense is going to be, what's written, we're not going to plead guilty, we're not going to plead not guilty, we're going to plead the blood. But he's convincing, he is telling the jury, he's telling the judge, he's going to walk down this straight gate because it's written in the law, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. See, salvation is not on Broadway. Salvation is in the narrow way. You got to go down the straight gate. So that means, but man, I want to do hood rat stuff. Huh? Don't do hood rat stuff. I can't do hood rat stuff no more. I want to go gamble. Well, I want to. I, I, Man, I, I don't really have that much liberty, man. I, I want to buy this car. It's not sin, but I want to buy this car. Don't buy the car. Don't buy the car for what? It's my money. It is your money. <laughs> but can I buy the car? Yeah. Why? wrong. <laughs> it's just not for you right now. 
It's not for me right now. Why? Because he is aware of something bigger than what I am aware of. He's going to begin to an argument. He's going to say, why did you call me? Say, why did you call me? Because I needed your representation. Say, are you going to let me represent you? Yeah. You got to let me lead you. You're not a good attorney. Yeah, you got to let me lead you. And as I'm letting you lead me, I start calling you and I said, I'm getting ready. Hey, I'm getting ready to marry this woman. What do you think about it? She might be the one. (laughs) You're not the Holy Ghost. Oh, you're fired. You're not a good representation. He's not going to say you might. Might be good for you. (laughs) No, you can be seated. Straight gate, I lose myself. I deny myself. Why? Because ultimately I hire an attorney because why? I want my freedom. We get the Holy Ghost because we want our Jesus. And we want the freedom to know him. We're in this that we might have him. But the, ad, but the adversary, the accuser, does not want us to have him. I've come to tell you tonight, God is looking for somebody that will make a decision. We have to make a choice who we are going to serve. It's not just making sure your attendance is here, but are you faithful in your attendance when the Spirit says, be right here? When the Spirit says, get up, do you get up? Or are you fighting with it? Or do you have the kind of relationship with God that you don't even really have to talk to him? You just kind of do as you do. And go as you go. I've come to tell you tonight. It is impossible to serve the Lord. With no regard for his voice. That means that where we must be at right now. Is that we must examine ourselves and say, Lord, what is my heart after? Do I want you or do I just want what you can do? And when the word hits us, see on straight gate, even though they're in the right way, they're constantly examining themselves because they want to see him. But on Broadway, very little cost, very little examination. They examine themselves on a Sunday, 
That's about it. They're going to go home and they're going to live their life again. I've come to tell you tonight, there's some things that you got to let die. There's some things in your life, all of our lives, that we have to let die. We've got to get rid of the bitterness. We've got to get rid of the selfishness. The Lord didn't save you. For yourself. He did it for his glory. It is time to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets you. It's time to get the crazy stuff out of your life. But it's time to get those little foxes. Because I've come to tell you that there are many people that you thought were on straight gate but were on Broadway. And there were many people that you might have thought were on Broadway but they died on straight gate. But the Lord is saying you choose who you're going to serve. Don't tell me you serve God, but the Holy Ghost can't lead you. Because if the voice of God is not valued enough in your life to live and walk in, you won't value it to fly with. If you can't trust the God's word for walking, how are you going to trust him for flying? If you can't trust God's word, if you reject God's word while you are awake, how are you going to hear him when you're dead and in your grave? If you don't trust God's word while you're awake, some of us, we so there's some people that like to go to sleep. You just cuss people out of your sleep. You just do whatever you want in your sleep. Some of you take sleeping pills just so you can do whatever you want in your sleep. I'm telling you, you got folks out there that are crazy. Are doing crazy stuff. But there must be something in your spirit that says, God, I want to be holy. I want to be pure. I want to be free. I want to make sure that everything that I'm doing, you're pleased with. Why? Because in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up together. There has to be something in you that when you wake up, you've got to find Jesus. David said, as the deer panteth after the water brook, my soul panteth after you, O oh God. When was the last time you woke up? Not panting for your next breath, but panting for more of God. I want more of him. 
this world intimidate you and say, oh, you're doing too much. You're going to have more of a life. She lift your hands. That's it. I want you to talk to the Lord. Cleanse my heart, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. Come on. Purify my desire. I want you more than anything. Some of us want to come out of storms more than we want God. Some of us want to come out of storms more than we want to come into God. But can I tell you that God's desire is more than just have revival. He wants to save you. He wants to keep you. He wants to know you. Paul said, I might know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering. I don't want to be that church that he said, I don't, I don't know you. But God, I, I got the Holy Ghost, but, but I don't know you. You never desired me. You felt like you lived with me, and I lived in you, and every time I had a desire, it felt like I was imposing on your will. Do you treat God like he's imposing on your time? Or do you treat God like, Lord, I just want more. I just yearn for the day that I can see you face to face. Some of it is that we have had so many blessings that we don't really want to see them like they used to. You used to have people that, you know, 20 years old, 30 years old, and they were like, man, my, I just desire to see Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. This world is not my home. Now they get a good job and get a house and a car and their family's prospering. I don't want to see them yet. There's still more in this world that I can get. You, you haven't esteemed him on the place that he should be esteemed. Come on. It's time. It's time to lay aside the weights. It's time to lay aside the weights that does so easily beside The Bible says, they that name the name of the Lord, let them depart from iniquity. Church, if we have the name, if we've been baptized in the name, we have the responsibility to leave iniquity. The blood washes away your sin. Your feet's responsibility is to depart from iniquity. Come on. That means that I'm looking to surrender myself to someone. Broadway, you can have revival with no surrenderance. That means you can watch your church have revival and you can be a participant of it. But God says, you're, you're not working for me. You're working for your own desires. Come on. Just stand up. You too, stand up.
because there are many of you in this room that there are some decisions that God is telling you to make. There are some ministry moves that God is going to have you to step into, and many of you are fighting it. You're resisting it. You even act like, well, I've got my own life. I just don't have time for the things of God. <laughs> Do you think he left you in this world because he had time to give you the things of self? He didn't leave you here. For yourself, he left you here to be salt and light in the earth. Come on. That's it. Talk to the Lord. The things that you've been sneaking around doing, Lay that thing down. Get rid of it. Get as far away from it as possible. It's time for transition. It's time to transition. Come on. That's it in the name of Jesus. see a gate and the Lord said let me shut the gate the Lord said let me close the door I see you in between two decisions I see something trying to put a hook in your heart the only way to get it out is to close the door. I've come to tell you this day that the Lord will give you beauty for ashes. And the way things are will not be the way things will always be. But you have to close the door to what doesn't belong and open the door to what belongs to you. This night in the name of Jesus, the Lord says, I'm going to heal those things that pertain to you. Though you may feel trapped, you're not alone. For the Lord says, I am with you. And he said, and I am able to bring you out victoriously. You're not by yourself. You're not alone. 
the Lord says, I need you to let me shut this door. And he will bring healing and will bring closure and bring you into a greater place. And you won't have to settle for what's not yours. He said, what is yours, he will give it to you freely with his name attached to it. This day, in the name of Jesus, I speak peace. That's it. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray tonight for my sister that she would walk in peace. She would walk in liberty. Help her not to be afraid to choose the God decision. The enemy wants to fight you in your mind with this thing. It's almost like I saw you lose territory, like you lost steps, territory. But I've come to tell you that that's not who you are. Who you are is what's in his word and what you're going to step into. Do not look at a bad decision is your final outcome. Your identity is not in that. Your identity is what he's calling you to. So tonight, I don't know what's going on, but God says, I want you to have peace. I want you to trust him. And as you do this, you're going to see the hand of God. You're going to see the glory of God. Amen. That's it in the name of Jesus. Talk to the Lord. That's it. Just stand up. What is your name? Will, would you raise your hands again? It's time for you to fully live what you say. And not what you say contradict what you live. Tonight, the Lord told me to tell you, he said, I am greater than this. And he said, I have called you to greater than this. And he says, I want to heal those things that pertain to you. There are things that have become anchored in your heart and there's a war. But there's one thing about you is that you don't give up. That's not your own ambition. That's the love of God working in you. This night in the name of Jesus. It's time to rise up. 
and be the man that God's called you to be in this final hour. This day, we're going to cut the cord of this five-year ongoing cycle. The Lord says you're going to break the cord tonight. You're going to cut it. Because there are things that God has for you and you hunger to God. But you can have them in a greater fashion. That's it in the name of Jesus. I heard you praying and talking to God the other day saying, Lord, I need you to talk to me. And be straightforward. Because you don't want to be where you're at at the moment. God said, I'm going to bring you out with a mighty hand. The Lord said, I promise never to leave you, nor to ever forsake you. He is still here. In the name of Jesus, that's it, brother. That's it in the name of Jesus. Never let a bad season define you. That's it. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I lay hands on you. There's going to be a deliverance. It's going to take place on you right now. That's it. In the name of Jesus, he'll do it if you let him do it. There it is. The power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom right now. Freedom to your mind, freedom to your spirit, freedom to your heart. That's it. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Come on. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Come on. That's it, church. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus, I pray the victory. Come on. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Messages like this will open your eyes up to things that you realize. I've got to get rid of this. Come on. In the name of Jesus, messages like this will open your eyes up and say, I'm on the wrong, I'm on the wrong pathway. Come on. I, I got to get to that straight gate. Come on. You can hear the voice of God calling you. Come on, come on by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. There's a person that is controlling a cord that is attached to you. The Lord said, cut them off. In the name of Jesus, the Lord said, cut them off. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, delete them out of your phone. Delete them off of your social media account. He said, cut them off. In the name of Jesus, because the thing, the spirit that is at work is like witchcraft. But in the name of Jesus, you cut it off tonight by the power and the authority. That's in the name of Jesus. Come on.
Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. We got to get off of Broadway. Come on, we got to get off of Broadway. If we live on Broadway, we're functioning in rebellion. If we live on Broadway, come on, if our relationship with God is a Broadway relationship, we're functioning in rebellion. And if we live in rebellion, we can live in witchcraft. Come on, we can use witchcraft on people when we live in rebellion. Come on, we got to get the rebellion out of our life. We got to get the rebellion out of our hearts. We got to get the rebellion out of our home. Come on, David said, Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Let's just stand up. Both of you. Would you hold hands? Would you raise it? My brother, I want you to quit living life in the rearview mirror. It's time to live life with vision moving forward. I see you getting angry. I can see you getting upset. And I see you saying things out of frustration. And all of it is attached to things that you have not healed from in the past. It's got you over-responding and over-reacting, which keeps you in a stuck place. But tonight, in the name of Jesus... God says, I want you to quit looking in the past. Start looking forward. You filter everything that you see in front of you through things that you have seen instead of filtering it through the lenses of the Holy Ghost. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, there are decisions that you guys are getting ready to embark upon. They're going to be some God ones. And you're not going to walk contradictory to what he has spoken, but you're going to submit yourself to the will of God for there are things that God has told you to do, but you keep procrastinating. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, the Lord says, it is time to quit putting back on the back burner what I have spoken to you for the past four years. He said, it is time to put it to action. This night, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke fear. I rebuke intimidation. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my sister. Sister, you got to learn how to forgive. In the name of Jesus, you can't keep using wounds of yesterday as leverage for what's going on today. In the name of Jesus, come on, it's time to heal. That's a commandment of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, a deep healing, come on. That's it, in the name of Jesus. There's some things... There are some things that we don't like to heal from because if we touch it, it can trigger. You ever had something? You, you put your hands up. You ever had something and to even touch it is like a sore. So it's almost best to leave it undone. It's almost best to just move on than to touch it because it triggers so many emotions. But every single time you get ready to step into that next place, it works up until it's transition time. And when it's transition time, you can't transition because you've got something that is in the home or you've got something that's, you know, almost like you were building 
a, a facility. You've got a pillar. You've got a podium. You've got a pillar that is standing there. And that thing that was something that was so minor, so small, has grown up to be this large pillar that if you're ever going to do something, you've got to get rid of this pillar. I've come to tell you tonight that God is a healer. And you're going to let God touch things that you would normally be intimidated to touch. It's almost like you ever have seen like, you know, a tree stump. Somebody cuts a tree stump down. Instead of them taking the stump grinder and grinding it out and removing it from the earth, some people will just cut it down as slow as they possibly can. And they put decorations around it. That works good until you want to put something else in the yard that needs to grow. But it can't grow because you got the stump and the, and the and you got the stump and the roots in the yard that's killing everything that wants to grow. The Lord says you gotta bring the stump grinder in. You've got to grind this thing out by the roots. And if you'll do that, what you plant will grow. And I see God growing things and places, but you got to remove old stuff. It's nothing that you're, it's nothing that you're in now. It's something that you just don't want to touch. But if you will go back and you will just say, you know what? I'm getting this part out. Then you'll plant something else in and there'll be more room for other things that God is planning you to grow. Stand up. Let's set up. Put your own hands, lift your hands. How old are you two? Twenty one. Oh, okay. Uh couple months. I wasn't talking about the age. My wife older than me too. Marry somebody. You marry, marry the one you love, you know. Uh, my wife was, I wouldn't say 52, but if my wife was five years older than me, I would have married her. So age, it's just age. What's your name? Jordan. William. Brother William, Brother Jordan, Sister Jordan. you look at me. The Lord told me to tell you to be patient. The enemy would like to take old trauma and take things that you would celebrate and turn it into new trauma. And 
I see you being traumatized. I'm going to use that word. From years ago. And I see you handling things in a way that has worked for you but could also be traumatizing for her. It's not necessarily what you would just call sin, but it's places that people have not always healed. You start finding certain things in me, I promise you, you apply enough pressure, we will find areas in all of our life where we have not healed. And we have to be careful as people of God, parents, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers. We have to be careful that we do not harm people who are healing. But we're human. So there may be times where we might do something and it may not, we may not necessarily know we're setting off a trigger. You don't like to touch things. You like to just push it off up under a rug. Your idea of healing is to forget about it and move on. But I keep seeing old stuff come up. And it's trying to grow in new places. I've come to tell you that God is going to do a deep, a deep healing for both of you. It's not going to just be tonight. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. And I'm not speaking this word just for them. There are five other people in this room that are dealing with some of the same things. There's a deep, deep healing, but you can't sweep this thing under the rug. You're finding out that you don't know it all. But it's all right. You're going to know more as you go. The Lord told me to tell you to celebrate what you love and pray for what you don't like instead of focusing on what you don't like and neglecting what you love. God has some great things in store for the both of you. This was a great choice. Sister, I want you to quit thinking that you're messing up everything. But that doesn't mean that you can't be accountable. I want you two to do, every day I want you to pray with each other. 
there's a, I don't know, I just see you guys going through a transition. It's birthing pains. But you're going to grow. Don't say things that you'll have to repent for. Say things that are going to really bring unity. Sometimes we want to know, we want to speak the things that frustrate us. We want to let you know I'm frustrated. But there's some things that are going on. Do you have family here? In this church? Okay. There's some things. I have to tell you something. The Bible says a man should leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. There's one person that needs to be in your relationship. That's God. Not mom and not dad. They can be good for advice, counselors, and what have you. They can play a role like that. But you got to make sure that you do not allow outside influencers in on what's going on all the time. What you do need to do is have people that, and once again, it can be family, it can be friends, but you're never going to grow running. She's not your mama, and he ain't your daddy. This is two different homes. What worked in your home might not work here. What worked in your home may not work here. But you got to find each other and grow together. If you do that, you're going to see God flourish. There's a healing that is also coming to your body, young lady. spiritually and you're going to come into your ministry in a different fashion but God is working in the home he's meshing things you're going to be surprised at what God does within the next three months in the name of Jesus Lord Pray against the spirit that is followed from the age of 11. In the name of Jesus, that brings torment and fear. We take authority over it in the name of Jesus. That's it. I pray, Lord God, that you would make her aware, make him aware of what is fighting and how to fight. Sister, he is your covering. You have to fight with your covering. In the name of Jesus, if you'll fight with your covering, he'll fight for you. Come on, that's it. The Bible says, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. God bless you, Lord.
Lift your hands. you raise your hands? Yeah, are you married? Have any children? Have any family here? Who's your family? Come here, pops. And well, we go over there with them. Come here, mom. That's who I need to pray. To lift your hands, mom. Lord told me to tell you, Mom, that the funeral is over, but you can live. I saw you die at a funeral, and you haven't lived since. But the Lord told me to tell you, he said, you can live after the funeral. something has kept you stuck because you did not want to live after the funeral and you have been existing because you felt like God took this thing too early. But tonight in the name of Jesus, the Lord says, I preserved you for my glory. You will not be tormented after every anniversary. This thing is leaving tonight. You're having dreams that bring back memories and you wake up in tears and tormented. And you're like, God, why are you letting this happen to me? I've come to tell you that there's life even after grief and loss. I speak breakthrough and healing to my sister. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. There's a young lady I prophesied to. Her son died. And when her son died, it was like it took her life. He died of a tragedy. Someone, I believe, killed the young man or something. I think it was something tragic that took this young man out of here. And it literally killed this woman. But when God ministered to her in the service just like this one, just like this, it was like fresh life entered into this woman. And the Lord says, I'm going to minister life back into you tonight. In the name of Jesus, not going to be something that's going to take years or months down the road. He's going to do it tonight. That's it. By the pop, there it is. There it is. By the power and the authority. That is in the name of Jesus. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would cause her to recover all. 
That's it. In the name of Jesus. Love your enemies. Lord. Heal all the deep places. I pray, Lord, tonight in the name of Jesus that you would heal my brother's heart physically. I pray for life. In the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that you would lift this pressure. You're a person that suffers, but you suffer in silence. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, person that suffers, you suffer in silence. But the Lord told me to tell you, he said, you don't have to hold this thing. He said, for tonight I'm going to lift it. In the name of Jesus, because the suffering would like to weaken the heart. Tonight in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord God, for my brother. I pray for joy and strength. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that every area of his body is made whole tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I cancel out the pain in his body right now by the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I see something that has happened to your hands. I see things that have happened to your nerves and your body. But tonight, in the name of Jesus, the Lord is bringing healing right now in the name of Jesus. I see pain in your hands that are leaving tonight by the authority. There it's in the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. I command every bone in your body to be straightened by the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I command the pain that's at a seven to go down to a zero tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I command them to be healed, be whole in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for my brother. You're not the failure you say you are. You're the victor that God says you are. You walk in it. In the name of Jesus, there it is. That's it in the name of Jesus. 
It's almost like I see abnormality of tissue or something growing in the body, some abnormal type of tissue. That tonight in the name of Jesus, thing that you're, that is growing is going to disintegrate tonight by the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. It's not cancer or anything like that, but it's it's an abnormal tissue that is formed throughout the body that God is going to disintegrate tonight. In the name of Jesus, when you go home, you'll be able to feel that it's gone. In the name of Jesus, by the power, there it is, and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Everybody worship the Lord. Come on, everybody worship the Lord. Come on, everybody worship the Lord. Hallelujah. said, go ahead and worship him. There's some concerns. But the Lord told me to tell you that he has the final say. Hold on. Stretch your hands towards him. Hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I see something going on with your chest. I see something that has gone on with your chest and with your breathing. And I saw you cough up some stuff that was concerning you. You were concerned about it, it was something nasty looking, something reddish. Tonight, in the name of Jesus. The Lord is going to heal every ulcer. God is going to heal every tissue. God is going to heal every cell in your body. Tonight, we take authority over it in the name of Jesus. I command her breathing. The Lord says inflammation the inflammation on your lungs to be released right now by the authority that is in the name of Jesus. That's it in the name of Jesus. 
I command you to be whole tonight. The power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. You can't die before your time. In Jesus' name. You're going to leave here one day, but not like this. Come on. You're going to leave here one day, but not like this. In Jesus' name. Come on and shout. Shout. The devil lost again. I said the devil lost again. He done lost another battle. I said the devil lost again. Somebody came into this room defeated and walked out in victory. Some of you came in here on a stretcher. On life support. But God just restored somebody's soul. Sister in the blue, I want you to go back there to my sister in the black. It's on that front row right there. Yeah, go to her. Lay your hand on her hip. Yeah, on her hip. That's it in the name of Jesus. God's getting ready to do a healing on her hip. That's it in the name of Jesus. By the power and the authority that is in the name of Jesus. We command that hip to be straightened tonight. I command the pain to leave tonight. By the authority that is in the name of Jesus. I command the hip. And the disc in the lower back to be healed tonight by the authority that's in the name of Jesus. I command that nerve to become unpinched tonight in Jesus' name. Come on. If you want to be healed, you need to just step out in that healing right now. Come on. You need to say, I'm going to step out in the authority of the name of Jesus. I'm going to walk in my healing I'm going to walk with my new feet. I'm going to dance with my new legs. I'm going to shout with my new mouth. I'm going to see with my new eyes. 
By what power? By what authority? By the authority of the name of Jesus. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm free. Come on, that's it. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Hallelujah means I give my entire being to Yahweh. I don't want your hands. I want your face. I want a relationship with you. If you show me your face, you'll show me your glory. If you show me your face, you'll show me your hinder parts. If you show I'm not in this for the hand of God. I'm in this for the glory of God. I'm in this for the face of God. I'm in this for relationship. Is there somebody that say, I'm in this thing for good. I'm in this thing for keeps. I'm in this thing for true, genuine, biblical, apostolic relationship with the Most High God. Y'all still running? How many run? How many laps you gonna run? She said, "I'm gonna run." Somebody say, "I'm gonna run until the devil gets tired." I'm gonna shout until the devil gets tired. I'm gonna worship until hell. I'm going to worship until the devil gets so tired. He says, no good. I need to just stop because the more I do it, the more crazy they get. The more they worship, the more they praise. Somebody needs to make hell tap out tonight. Somebody needs to make hell tap out tonight. Come on, that's it. Give him glory. Give him glory. Give him glory. Give him 